The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Tuesday, January 17, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Keck. Thank you for joining. We have a lot to talk about, not to mention, for the first time in 2023, it is a UFC pay-per-view fight week. Yes, UFC 283 going down this Saturday for the second consecutive UFC pay-per-view. The vacant UFC light heavyweight title is on the line this time. It'll be Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. And hopefully a new champion will be crowned because that did not happen after UFC 282. Plus we'll have the Tetralogy the flyweight title we're unifying the flyweight championship as davis and figueredo fights the interim champion brandon moreno and that is probably the 12th most interesting thing on tap for the new cycle right now because saturday was a crazy day it was a very crazy day one that i will not soon forget because e casey Lydon and i are doing the people's pre-fight show, getting ready for the first UFC fight of the year. And we see this photo. It's outside of T-Mobile on the billboard in Las Vegas. And there's John Jones and Cyril Gaon. They're promoting a heavyweight championship fight for March 4th, UFC 285, John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. And of course... That billboard 
the subsequent videos that we saw of said billboard, it threw the MMA community into a frenzy. We're all scrambling, trying to figure out what is going on. Some people decided to report it like there was it was sort of their own thing. Uh, we, of course, reached out. We were told that it was heading in that direction, was not finalized, was not done, but it was heading in that direction. And we were waiting, watching the whole card on Saturday. Where's this announcement? Are we going to get the announcement? Is, this, is there going to be a, a video package announcing this fight? Are Brennan Fitzgerald and company going to announce John Jones versus Cyril Gunn? And then in the back of our minds, we're wondering, okay, well, if they do announce this fight, What's going on with Francis Ngannou? Sure enough, UFC President Dana White shows up at the press conference. And we kind of knew the writing was on the wall right there and then. Because Dana White wasn't going to come out and talk about UFC Vegas 67. He just wasn't. And we knew as soon as he sat down, something big was about to happen. And he, of course, announces that the billboard reported the fight accurately prematurely shouldn't have gone up there in that way. It shouldn't have been released in that, in that way, but we were asking on Friday, what in the world is going to headline UFC 285? And Dana White reveals it. It will be, in fact, the return of John Jones making his heavyweight debut to fight Cyril Gaon for the vacant heavyweight title. And he also revealed that Francis Ngannou is no longer the UFC heavyweight champion, and on top of that, he is no longer a UFC heavyweight or a UFC fighter at all. He is, he is gone. And the way he sort of presented it is that Ngana was released, which is completely wrong. It's not true. In fact, I, I saw like other podcasts and stuff saying like Ngana released. It's just not the right headline because he wasn't released. He was knocking on the door of free agency anyways. Ngana turned them down. They didn't say, no, we don't want you anymore. They offered him a big contract, as Dana talked about. And Francis said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm, I'm out of here. So this wasn't the UFC releasing Ngannou. This is Ngannou saying, I'm leaving you. So let's not get that twisted. This, is, this wasn't the UFC's decision. This was Ngannou's decision. And at that point, they knew he was gone. And they just said, okay. You are an unrestricted free agent. You can sign with whoever you want. You can sign with a promotion tomorrow if you want. And then Dana went and did Dana things. Because if you, if you listen to that press conference, it was just ridiculous. All of it was ridiculous. And, of course, we knew the narrative Dana was going to paint because they thought they came correct to Francis. And by all accounts, Eric Nixick talked about it on the MAR yesterday. From a financial standpoint, they did come correct. They came correct with a big-time offer. The money was great. But in the end, Francis didn't care about the money. He cared about the respect and some of the things that he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to set an example he wanted to make change, and the UFC didn't seem to want to budge on any of those. And Francis is gone now. And, of course, Dana paints the narrative that, well, Francis just wants to get paid more money and fight lesser competition. 
which we all know is a bunch of horse shit. We all know this. We all know that France Ngannou is not afraid to fight John Jones. We all know France Ngannou isn't afraid to fight anybody. He fought friggin' Cyril Ghosn on one leg when everybody in his life was saying, don't fight Cyril Ghosn on one leg. And he just said, no, I'm going to fight him anyways. On the last fight of my deal, I'm going to gamble on myself with one leg. And he went out there and beat him. And you think he's afraid to fight John Jones? That is absolutely insane. That is absolutely ridiculous. Don't let Dana White or anybody else fool you into believing that narrative because it's absolutely false and ridiculous. So Francis is gone. John Jones is back. He's fighting Cyril gone. It's a fascinating matchup. No doubt about it. I'm curious to see how Cyril will look, and we're all curious to see how John Jones is going to look. From a stylistic perspective, I think it's an awful matchup for Cyril Ghosn in a lot of respects because if a one-legged Francis Ngannou can take him down and control him, there is not enough wrestling you can do in a, in a, in a gym over a year's time that could prepare you for what John Jones could do with his wrestling and his top control. I, it, it could be a very bad night. However, it may not get that far. Maybe John will do what John does. Oh, you don't think I can strike with this guy? Watch this. And maybe that's where Cyril's chances come from. Who knows? We're basically getting ready to watch Cyril Gon fight a complete mystery. And the complete mystery is, in a lot of people's eyes, the greatest fighter of all time in the sport of mixed martial arts. But he hasn't fought by the time he gets into the cage in well over three years since the Dominic Reyes fight. And if we go back and watch that fight and take anything away from it, most people thought Dominic Reyes won that fight. Then we go back to the Tiago Santos fight. John Jones has not been John Jones for a long time. And maybe it's complacency. Maybe he was bored. And who knows what all this added muscle and weight is going to do to John. I don't know. So I am intrigued by all of this because I have no idea what's going to happen. And what I'm more intrigued about is this Francis Ngannou story. And as a matter of fact, we are going to hear from the man himself in just a couple of hours from right now, a special Tuesday edition of the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. He will have one guest and one guest only. He will have the interview that everybody in the world wants that covers combat sports with Francis Ngannou. So we'll hear his side of the story. We will find out why he made the decision to leave the UFC, not the other way around. And maybe he will provide some insight on what is going to be next to him, for him. Will he sign with Bellator? Will he sign with PFL? One, Ryzen. Will he f- sign with any MMA promotion? Will he veer to the world of, of boxing? Will he box? Will he do both? Who the hell knows? Somebody knows. And his name is Francis Ngannou. And maybe he will reveal the answer to that question in a couple hours time. But since we are here and we are all together, I figured all of us collectively, maybe we can come up with some ideas of some predictions, if you will, of where he ends up. But before we go to the call, I will say this. It's blank check time. And who knows if a deal, a deal might already be in place. Francis might be going on the MA hour to announce a new deal. But Bellator needs this bad. PFL needs it bad. They all need it. They all need it. 
And I'm, I'm fascinated where this is all going to go. But I applaud Francis Ngannou for sticking to his guns. I applaud Francis Ngannou for doing what's right for him. And I applaud Francis Ngannou for kind of putting out into the universe, and I think we can all learn something from this, that money is not everything. You have to be able to, sure, you want to take care of your family and your loved ones, and money's great, and he's got a bunch of it already, and he's probably going to get a whole bunch of it no matter where he ends up, but it's not just about the money. It's about being able to put that money in your bank account and then be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am happy with my life. I'm happy with the decisions I have made. And I'm happy from a professional sense that I made the right choice for me and that I'm not anxious. I'm not negative. I don't dislike where I work and I'm respected by the people I work for. And that's what it's all about for Francis Ngannou. So I cannot wait to hear what he has to say. Do not miss it live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel, 1 p.m. Eastern. Francis Ngannou, first interview since this all went down with Ariel Hawani. So let's turn it over to you guys. What are your thoughts on all this? What are your thoughts on Jones versus Gone? Where do you think Francis ends up? Who should he fight? There's all sorts of different ways we can go with this. But I'll say this one more time. Do not believe the narrative that the UFC dumped Francis Ngannou because it ain't true. Francis Ngannou dumped them. He strung them along for a year, and then when the time came to make a decision, he cut bait. He did this. The UFC didn't cut him. He cut himself from the roster. So do not let any false narratives affect the way you think because that is what happened, and you will know for sure when Francis tells Ariel Hawani later on today. So let's get after this. Uh, I believe Tristan was first. Tristan, are you there? Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Mike. My question is, you know, I I applaud Francis Nagano what he's doing. Um, you know, he's, he's looking out for himself and possibly um, leading on other – fighters to uh, have that opportunity to, you know, know their worth and could go to other organizations to do what they want to do. But the question I have is, this is, now it's on the other organizations, the other promotions, um, Bellator, PFL, one championship. I mean, you can get Francis and that would be great. That would be wonderful. But now it's, what do you do with it? Right. In the sense of how do we make our promotion better? How do we get better fighters to compete so people could have eyes on us? Um, you know, I listen to you and I listen to Jed Mishu talk about the other promotions shortcomings and why a lot of us don't really watch it or possibly forget about it or get get us excited and that's the i think that's that's going to be the question for me is can the other promotions raise their level once they get francis and gano and get us talking about it and get us excited and get us enthusiastic about watching that promotion and having us talk about them more as much as we talk about the ufc 
So I want your thoughts and ideas of, do you think the other promotions can raise their level if they get Francis Ngannou? Thanks, Mike. Have a heck of a morning. Yeah, a thousand percent they can. Because here's the thing. One, Francis is the easiest fighter on planet Earth to market. He's so simple. Just show pictures of the man. Like how the UFC failed with this is just beyond me. How could you not promote this guy? I I just, I don't get it. The story that he has, the way he looks, he looks like a cartoon character. He looks like a comic book superhero. And then not to mention you have clips of him just melting people. Like, he doesn't even have to say a word. He's so easy to promote and to market. He doesn't even have to do an interview. It's so simple. And I do, I understand where your question is coming from because, you know, you can sign, you can sign these guys all you want, but what does it all mean? What can you do with it? And luckily, Francis is the biggest story in the sport right now. Uh, outside uh, from a positive standpoint that is and just getting him there is going to be huge buzz not to mention the question of when is he going to fight who is he going to fight and that just builds this story all throughout and then it's a matter of getting him into the cage and then it's just a matter of doing this and that finding him the right opponents but just getting him where you need to go is it's it's going to automatically become a proving ground, a place, like an extra option. It doesn't have to be the UFC. Like, France Ngannou could have stayed there and made the most money of any heavyweight that has ever competed there by most accounts, and he still said no. There there could be a domino effect to that. could be a a, a wrinkle-down effect of other fighters being like, hmm, this is interesting. Why did he choose to leave when he could have made all this money? And then... Other fighters begin to realize maybe the grass isn't greenest with the UFC. And there are, there are fighters who, who can say that already. Shane Burgos has talked about it. Others have talked about it. Just getting Francis on your roster is a huge win. Now, what you do with that, it's a different thing. Who do you go out and sign? Does it matter? Does it really matter? We talk about it all the time. Sometimes you just put a guy out there to melt somebody and people will watch. That's why I was saying Shavkat Rachmanov should have fought last Saturday. You could still book the Jeff Neal fight, no issue with that, but Shavkat should have fought on Saturday. And he should have just went out there and chucked a guy around the octagon because you got to get him on TV. It doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't matter who you fight. But just having Francis on your roster with a big smile on his face, knocking dudes out, that immediately just catapults your promotion. And guess what? Francis will, will help promote for you. If you can get Fran, like if you're Bellator, getting Francis in that octagon February 4th is like a must do. You have to do it. PFL needs to find a way to get him. I can't wait to see how this plays out. I really can't. And I love Shaheen Alshadi's suggestion. Get Nate Diaz on the phone. You guys become a package deal. I love that. 
Because you put those two dudes together, being like the NWO of MMA, oh, that's amazing. That's the best. And those two can make a difference. Like, forget about Jake Paul and his ways of trying to help fighters. And maybe Anderson Silva joins him. It doesn't matter. You get Nate and Francis trying to do the same thing and try to flip the sport upside down. Way more impact. Way more impact. So, yeah, so no matter who gets Francis is a huge winner. 1,000%. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Double A, hello. Yes. Good. What do you got? Um, you meant you sort sort of touched on it briefly. Um, in like your opening statements, how it's, um, and I just thought um, I'd give you a bit more of an opportunity to talk on uh, Brandon Moreno and Davidson Figueroa. Um, you said it's sort of like the twelfth most important thing that that's happened recently. Um, I just want you to sort of touch on like the significance not just like it's war fight but like the significance of um the impact it's had on the lighter weight classes i think this is probably like like the most significant multi-fight rivalry in lighter weight classes since probably cruise Faber. that's all that's all i got everyone have a good day you have a heck of a morning mike in peace yeah i mean you're probably right it's it's a massive rivalry. We, we may never see anything like this ever again. When you have two guys fighting this often with the same stakes and the same abilities, it's massive. I remember uh, Moreno's manager, Jason House, on the MAR and said this is the Ali Frazier of the flyweight division. And I don't know if I would go that far, but um, it's, it's a hell of a rivalry. Two guys who are just super good, super fun to watch. Uh, there is respect there, but there's some heat there as well. You got to love this. It's beautiful. And who knows if this will even be the end of it. We've talked about it. 
New York Rick believes in this. If these guys fight a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time, you're not going to get any complaints from me. But we are getting to the point where Figgy Smalls is, is getting up there in age. And we've talked about eventually father time catches up with you, especially in the lighter weight classes. Is this the time? Is this the time? I thought Figgy made some great adjustments heading into that last fight. He looked good. I still think Brandon Moreno beat him, but I'm not going to sit here and cry robbery or anything like that. Uh, it was a great fight, kind of a forgotten fight because it happened so early in the year. But this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. It is significant, means a lot, and from a historical perspective, we may never see anything quite like this again with how many fighters are on the roster and and there's a part of me that would love to see these guys fight a million times, but then there's the other part of me that's like, okay, like this has done a good – what this rivalry has done for the division is that it's opened things up for some other guys to earn their spots. Like Pantoja deserves a title shot, 1,000%. Mateus Nicolau is right there. Manel Cop's getting ready to fight Alex Perez. If he beats Alex Perez, opens the door for him. And then we have the Brandon Royvals. We have the Amir Albazis. We have some of these other guys that are coming up as well. Mohamed Bakayev is fighting in London against, you know, not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, probably not a top 50 choice I would have picked for Mohamed Bakayev, but he is fighting. And that's a guy that's on the come up too. So to me, I hope that this rivalry comes to a close on Saturday and we can open things up, but... It's been fun as hell to watch. That's for damn sure. All right. So Toke said, I have the right fight for Francis Ngannou. I think I know where you're going with this, but let's hear what you have to say. What's up, buddy? We're having hell of a Tuesday so far. So I would ask you first, do you see me as a good opinion haver? I mean, look, you, you have certain days where your opinions are spot on, and then you have other days where your opinions are, uh, are a little suspect. But okay. mostly you're good. Mostly you're good. I'm going to take you on a ride because I think, as I wrote to you, I think Jed would love my pitch for this. So Francis is a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. He can go wherever he pleases. I think what he will announce today is that he's joining the efforts of Jake Paul in, uh, in unionizing, in trying to unionize. I think that's the part that's going to happen today if I had a union. I think that's going to happen today. And, and I want two Otno points for this, because this is nuts, okay? So I think which promotion can fill stadiums and puts the fighters above themselves as a promotion? That's right, baby. We're going to Poland. KSW, the scariest man on the planet against the strongest man on the planet in a freak show matchup that can fill a literal stadium in Poland, which raises Francis Ngannou's stock immensely in Europe because it's a huge promotion. And imagine the walkouts. Imagine the stadium roars as he enters the arena. Le Predator against Puchanowski, the star of Poland. And we will get a first-round knockout because I know it's not the most pleasing matchup in the world like for 
high level because Prochinovsky is not that good. But the poster itself, but the matchup itself, the build-up and the stadium roaring, that's all I got, Mike. Have a heck of a morning. Wow. I mean, I knew that's where you're going to do Ngana versus Puj, and I'd watch the hell out of it. I think Francis would absolutely kill him, but the build to it would be super fun and fascinating, and doing it in KSW, God, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll give you two odd no points if it happens, just because I'm... Well, I'm not going to rule it out, because I don't think Francis is going to sign like a one-fight deal with KSW. However, if for some reason... You know, he locks up with Bellator and Bellator wants to do the cool thing and just co-promote and do promotion versus promotion. Francis versus Pooj in that sense would be friggin' awesome. So, yeah, Jed would probably love that. Just Let's just go full circus with this thing and who's going to complain about that? Although I think Francis would absolutely annihilate him, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know if he's going to join Jake Paul. I, I don't know. I think, I think Francis will lean towards doing something. Um, that's why I mentioned like maybe him and Nate could come together and they could do their own thing. And then it would help build like the Nate versus Jake Paul rivalry and, you know, competing associations and unions or whatever. Uh, I do think Francis will, will travel that road. Do I think he will do so alongside Jake Paul? I would say doubtful, but could happen. It could happen. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, I knew you were going to go in Gano Pooj, and that just would be wonderfully hilarious in so many ways. Uh, let's go to Rafid. There's a lot of you waiting, so I'll try to get to as many as I can. What's up, Rafid? Hey, Mike. Hope you're having an amazing day. I think UFC took a huge loss from Francis Nagano. I think that uh, Francis Nagano today on the MMA Hour is going to announce that he's going to the PFL. He's going to address the rumors of uh, his family wearing the shirt. That's what I think is going to happen. And Francis Nagano and Jake Paul, you, you guys uh, might not know this, but they had a connection already. There's been few videos of Francis Nagano and Jake Paul that I've seen. They're good buddies. I think Francis Nagano uh, doesn't have a problem with going with Jake Paul and supporting PFL, and that's what I think that's going to happen today. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, man. It, it, it could happen. It could happen. He could end up with PFL. I just don't know, like, because the questions about Jake are, is he serious? Like, is he actually serious about supporting the fighters and yeah he's done some things sure he's talked shit about dana um some of it is kind of ridiculous if we're being honest but some of it's true uh and dana's been firing back at him for a couple of years now and i don't know i i just don't know i don't know how genuine jake is about helping mma fighters like i know he's with the pfl and he seems to be taking it's a good step. But how will that help fighters in the UFC? How can Jake I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how genuine he is. And Francis is, you know, kind of like John Candy in planes, trains, and automobiles. He is who he is. 
he believes in what he believes. And if he thinks you're full of shit, he ain't going to play. So listen, could it happen? Sure. Could he sign, say he signed with PFL today? Sure. I kind of hope for the other thing with him and Nate, because I just think that would be so fun. Him and Nate being like the NWO. Be so cool. But we'll see. We'll find out at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll get the truth. Uh, let's go to Abzualia. What's, right, what's up, Mark? How are you? I'm good. So, uh, what's on your mind? So, uh, how can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. So, um, I just have two things to address. I'll make the first one quick. Um, what? How do you see Usman Leon three playing out? And my second thing is, this is regarding the Francis situation. Um, you know, I think uh, UFC really have screwed up. A very big opportunity to, you know, not only on their part promote him as a very big star that he could have become, and I think looking at overall how the UFC has been probably the last few months, it's it's really affecting the brand. I don't think the UFC will lose much fans in the long run. Um, they'll continue to grow as a sport, but I will say, in my opinion, I don't think that they have a very good chance of growing towards that NBA or F1 sports or tennis level of popularity that they really could attain if they wanted to based on the fact of how corrupt um, the judging has become, how they are losing some of their biggest stars due to contract disputes, not having a union, and also now the fact that, you know, the president has gone to big controversy. I mean, you know, I know this might sound a bit all fishy, wishy-washy and emotional from just me as a fan. I mean, I'm nothing. I'm just a fan, but... You know, I think there's a big consideration now to see that the brand is definitely getting affected somewhat. And also just the fact, you know, you let your best heavyweight champion walk away, not have a fair deal. It doesn't look good in the moment, in my opinion. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Okay. Um, so addressing the first question, um, I mean, I'm leaning Usman to win. I think he'll mind his P's and Q's a little bit more. It is going to be different. Obviously, him having to travel to the UK and go to Leon's backyard, but I think if Usman just fights the way he fought in Salt Lake City and doesn't get complacent, he'll probably win. So I wouldn't shock me if Leon beat him because, again, Usman's kind of getting up there in age. He's seems like he's not a foot out the door, but it seems like he's at least looking at the door. He's accomplished a lot, uh, but I do think Usman is the more complete fighter and probably should win, but predictions don't mean nothing until they actually get into the cage. The other thing you're saying, look, feel how you want to feel. Like I know a lot of people out there that are just like, Oh, Mike's just ripping on Dana and all this stuff. And that's just not true. If you actually listen to what I say, that's not true. Like Dana, I've actually given Dana a whole bunch of credit for how he's handled some things. He said some things that just aren't true. Uh, and I have called him out for that. Um, and a lot of my issues with this whole situation is not about Dana. It's about the UFC and Endeavor just staying quiet about all of this, uh, which is just not right. It's just not right. And my biggest concern of all of this is that what happens down the road when something else happens? You've set a precedent that there is no punishment and there are no repercussions uh, for your actions because the president of the company didn't face them himself. That's not here or there. I'm not going to talk about it. It's been an awful start to 2023 for the UFC. 
awful, really, really bad. And whether you love the UFC and love Dana White and think that the MMA media is just shitting on the man all the time, it's true. They have had an awful start to the year. It's been about as bad as it can get. Having said that, they losing Francis sucks. You lose the John Jones fight. You lose the mo- probably the easiest fighter on the planet to market in the world. But as we have learned over the years, and we will continue to learn, uh, the UFC will move forward. They will move forward. They will be fine. They will be fine. John Jones will fight Cyril Gaon. If John Jones wins, they just build the division around John. They'll be fine. They will be fine through all of this. Uh, what this will mean long term? Does Francis leaving and doing it on his own will it result in other fighters when they get down to the nitty gritty wanting to leave as well? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a domino effect here. But will it like outright hurt the promotion? No, it won't. This this deal with ESPN is so massive that like it it literally does not matter what they put on pay-per-view or on fight nights. It does not matter. We can do Sean Strickland versus Nasruddin Imavov every main event for the entire year. And they will make a floppity jillion dollars this year and be just fine. They will be fine. But this doesn't, this doesn't hurt Francis. Like Francis has money. And I just want to say another thing too. From all accounts, and Eric Nixick on the MAR said this yesterday, the UFC came correct. They came, this is not a money decision for Francis. This is not him asking for more. Because by all accounts, the UFC came correct. They offered this man a ton of money. And he just said no. He said no. There are things that I want. There are things that I want to see changed. And if you don't change them, then I'm just going to leave. And Eric, I think the, the perfect quote was, the UFC could not write a check big enough for Francis to change who he is and to change his stance and change what he believes in. And I a hundred percent believe Eric and I believe Francis in this sense. And I'm very, again, very fascinated to hear what he's going to have to say at 1 PM Eastern because Francis spilled a lot of tea about a year ago after that win over Cyril gone, some very shocking things about the UFC uh, things that were sent to his manager at the time, Markel Martin, uh, lots of different things that people and defenders of the UFC just for, totally forget about. Um, just awful shit. And it's, it just all kind of got forgotten about. And it's all a part of this story. It's all a part of this story of Francis, again, Francis turning down the UFC and not the UFC releasing him. Francis said no to them. They didn't say no to him. Where are we going? There's been a lot of people waiting. Uh, Four Corner Sports, I believe you're next. We'll get to everybody here. Because uh, obviously this is a big topic. Four Corner Sports, what's up? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Yo. All right. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, one, 
I commend Francis for standing on principle. And I fully do believe that, what's it called? He's going to set the example for future fighters, you know, to stand up for what they believe in. And I think that him and Nate Diaz set up the playbook, you know, really, really well for the future fighters who are going to be, you know, wanting to have what they want. Also, I wanted to talk about, I'm excited for John Jones to come back. I do believe that this is going to be a very close fight between him and Surreal Gong. I don't think the fight's going to go down to like a knockout or anything like that. But I'm just interested to see how Jones is going to respond at heavyweight the first time he gets hit. I think that he'll do fine. But one thing I, I do have an issue with is um, with Stipe. You know, Stipe remains silent throughout the entirety of the whole Francis saga. The second that, um, what's it called, Frank, the news got released and they announced the uh, Jones versus uh, Don, Stipe said, you know, he, he liked the matchup and that he wants the winner in July. If I, I track back and I look back to see, you know, who he ended up fighting, Mike, the, the man hasn't, the man hasn't fought anybody on that's currently on the UFC roster that's not named Andre Ar- Arlovski, and that fight was back in 2016. If you look back at, at the history, it's DC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dismiss Francis because he just recently just left the company. It's DC, Alistair Overeem, uh, Fabricio Verdun. He hasn't had a victory that's anybody within the top five, let alone the top ten. I would like to see him fight somebody like a Curtis Blades. I think Curtis Blades does deserve something of a high caliber of a fight. And I think it's really messed up that if Stipe just swats in. Or have him fight somebody like Sergey Pavlovich. I understand Stipe is, you know, wants to fight for the title, but he can't just be cutting the line just because he wants to. That's just what I wanted to say. All right, thanks, Mike. Yeah, but he's gonna. He's gonna. Because, I mean, look, we've talked about this a lot. Stipe doesn't need to fight. He does not need to. He's very happy with his life. If Stipe Miocic never fought again, he would be just fine. He loves being a firefighter. He loves being a dad, loves being a husband. Like, he's only going to come back and fight, like, big fights, something that matters. By all accounts, he was offered to fight John Jones December 10th. And it, was a, it seemed to be a money thing. And it looks like the UFC kind of came a little more correct this time around. Um, but according to Dana, at the, that, that press conference, Stipe had some stuff he had to deal with, so he's not going to be ready. So the fact that Dana's even putting Stipe's name in public tells me that they did offer him, that he was interested, and in that it just the timing wasn't right. And it's not really all that surprising. So, no, Stipe's not going to fight Curtis Blades because what's the he, why would he do that? It makes no sense. He's certainly not going to fight Sergey Pavlovich because ne- neither of those fights do anything for him. They do nothing for him. So Stipe will come back and fight the winner, potentially. And that's not even done yet, by the way. Just because he says it doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. I would think John Jones winning probably gets Stipe that shot more so, just so you can book the two names and have them in a poster for nostalgic purposes. And then Curtis is going to fight Sergey Pavlovich, and let's just see how this all pans out. But no, Stipe is not going to come back and fight Curtis Blades. No, he's not going to come back and fight Sergey Pavlovich. I don't even think he'll fight Cyril Gunn. If C- like, he says he'll fight the winner, but I don't think the UFC will, will go towards that. 
But I think if John Jones beats Cyril Gaon, they will push for that steep A fight. Because they tried before. And John Jones versus Stipe, looking back in historical aspects of the sport, it's a crazy-ass fight. It's one of those, oh, do you think we could ever put this together? Well, here you go. And it'll be probably Stipe's final fight if he, if he doesn't beat John Jones. But no, Stipe, if they offered him Curtis Blade, Stipe would be like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying home. And you know what? He has earned the right to do that. So I have no issue with it whatsoever. None at all. Let's go to my man Viking MMA. Viking, hello. Oh, just fuck me up because he asked the same question I was going to ask. So fuck this day. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like that whole rant, and then thank you, Mike was was brilliant. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not laughing at you. I just thought it was very funny. Um, I'm sorry. Look, there's a lot of people waiting, and they're bouncing around. I'm just trying to get to everybody. All right. Damn you, Four Corner Sports. Let's go. To, I'm just going to go in order here. Okay? I'm going with what I have in front of me. Don't blame me. It's not easy to navigate. I wish I had a producer who was like, all right, this guy, let's talk about this. Like, this is sports radio. Don't have that here. Uh, Tom, hello. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on this. Looking at this whole Francis scenario, in my opinion, it's kind of Tyson Fury or bust. And I honestly don't think the Fury fight's going to happen for a decent while of time now, now that Fury's back to pro boxing. Like, if the UFC, if Dana's telling the truth and they offered him the highest paid heavyweight contract and he's getting paid more than Lesnar, like, I don't see why you don't do it, especially when you factor in that Lesnar was selling a million pay-per-views every time out. So if you're selling two to 300 and they're going to pay you the same as that guy, the only way I think it makes sense turning it down is the Fury fight. And I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening with him being back to pro boxing. I think maybe he goes to PFL, maybe he goes to Bellator. But I think for a career-wise move, unless he has the Fury fight locked down, I just think it was a poor decision on Francis's part. I don't know what, what your thoughts on that are. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But again, you know, Eric Nixick, MMA Hour, said he was at that meeting. He knows what the offer was. And he said the UFC came correct and said it wasn't had nothing to do with the money. So it wasn't a money thing. This was a I want to be respected thing. And Francis feels like he wasn't. And that's why he left. Now, I understand, and I don't know what the exact offer was. And I, don't, I think only like a couple people on the planet know what the exact offer was. Um, maybe it was Lesnar money, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But all of these promotions can pay Francis similarly to what the UFC offered him. PFL's just chucking money out left and right. Bellator's got money. We know one has money. 
they can all do it. Like they can all do it. And what PFL and Showtime or not Showtime and Bellator can offer him is dude, if you want to go box, like go box, like go ahead. Like if that fury fight comes up, they're just going to let him go do it. Like they're just going to let him have those opportunities. And it didn't seem like the UFC was going to give him those opportunities. So again, Francis has money. Like it's not like he's, he's in the poorhouse right now. The dude has money. He's made good money in his career. The Cyril Gonvite, he made money. He's got sponsorship deals. He's fine. The dude's got money. And especially for a guy like that, with the up, with everything he's had to go through to get to where he's at, he's got money. He's fine. He's comfortable. He could probably live, be just fine the rest of his life without ever having to throw another punch. He could, with, with everything going on, everything he's had to, to overcome, I think he'd be fine never fighting again if, if that's what it came to. But he's going to get paid, man. He's going to get paid. Will he get the exact same money, like contractually, that the UFC offered him? I don't know. But will he, is he happy taking a little bit less, but being happy with where he's working? I think that means more to him than any paycheck in the world. Having said that, you can't go to Bellator or PFL for 50 and 50, but I'm pretty confident that the domino effect of just getting him on the roster will be worth any sort of investment that they make in him. Like, for sure. He becomes the, he becomes the biggest player on either of those rosters by a long shot. By a country mile. And I honestly think Be- I, I actually think Bellator needs him more than anybody else because I do think Bellator is the second best promotion. I do think Jake Paul going to PFL and not with Bellator with the Showtime thing was a little stunning. I think that's going to hurt a little bit. Like all in all, it doesn't really matter like for the hardcore fans. But I think in the overall spectrum of things, I think just having Jake's presence there is going to make a huge impact for the PFL. But you got to get, if they can get Francis, they got to do it. You, and you got to do it. Just his presence alone is, is, is worth it. And it's, it's going to entice other people to go. It just is. And who knows? Who, what's to say he never fights in the UFC again? Maybe Francis does his thing for a little while. Things change. They meet again. UFC's willing to meet Francis on some of the things that he wants. It's not out of the realm possibility. Could happen. Who knows? It's not happening right now, but who knows? Time will tell. But this is a fascinating story. Mikey, hello. Then uh, Francis and Yanu becoming a free agent, MMA fans started, oh, they need to pay him this and treat him well and then immediately say he should fight Pujanowski. God, I love the drugs you people take. Um, oh, also, it's just, oh, come on. It's just a freak show thing. It's hilarious. But it's dumb. It's fucking stupid. But anyways. Um, 
when you've been fan, when you've been a fan for as long as some of us have had been, there's one, there's some narratives that you just get that always get rid, you know, repeated. And every five years, it's like every every five or six years, it's like, oh, this will this will cripple the UFC. If they don't do this, this will cripple the UFC. And like, first of all, I support Francis. I'm happy for him. Let's get that out of the way. But it's just funny to me how they do this every time that people do this all the time. It's like, okay, great. Because, you know, the UFC's totally, like, they didn't sign Fedor and, you know, that sunk them, right? You know, all that did was Fedor went to Affliction, they closed. Fedor went to Strike Force, they closed. Anyways, and um, I will say this if Francis, if Francis wants to leverage the Tyson Fury thing, I think he and Tyson Fury should work together promotion wise. Like, Tyson Fury has a working relationship with WWE. WrestleMania is in two months. That would be fun. I mean, not to be on WrestleMania, but like help promote it. You know, like Tyson showing up at WrestleMania would be really cool. Um, Bellator, <laughs> listen, I, I hate it, but I wouldn't mind watching Francis and Fedor just to see the mess that would be. And if Coker has any brain cell, he would put that on network TV also. Just tell CBS, be like, if we get Francis and Ganu, his first fight has to be on network TV. Uh, you know, that's what you have to do. And uh, and if we're going for stupidity, since stupidity, listen, if we're going for stupidity, go to one and fight Rug Rug or do like fight circus and fight like six midgets or something, you know? <laughs> Anyways, that'll be all for me, you guys. Have a good one. But see, look at, look at what this could create, Mikey. This could create so many fun things. And as we say a lot, MMA is supposed to be fun. And look, like I said, Nganu would kill Pujanovsky. You'd kill him. But the build to that would be super interesting. Seeing those two dudes on a poster, seeing the entrances, all of it would be super fun. Until the bell rang. And Francis just destroyed that man. But again, now, now we can think outside the box a little bit. We can have some fun. We can have some fun. And who knows? Maybe, maybe, if, they, maybe if Bellator does sign Francis Fedor, would be like, you know what? I'll stick around for one more. Doesn't seem like that's what he's going to do, but I think you got to get Francis there no matter what. Like, if he doesn't sign with anybody and he's still trying to meet with suitors, Bellator should just fly him out, give him the first-class treatment, put him in the crowd, let him sit cage side. Just showing him on screen is going to create buzz. And you're right. Like I said earlier, the UFC is going to be just fine without France and Ghana. They're going to be just fine. It doesn't hurt them. Puts them in the news kind of in a negative way, but it'll all blow over. John Jones is fighting Cyril Gone. By the time we get to that fight week, most fans of the UFC are not even going to be thinking about this. We're going to be talking about John Jones coming back. And if he beats Cyril Gone, then what? That's what we're going to be thinking about. The UFC will be just fine. They always are. Because they have built, that's what they have built. They have become the number one promotion by a mile. And it's to the point with these deals and everything they have in place that losing a guy here and there ain't going to mean shit. Ain't going to mean shit. Resign Xander. I wish. But we resigned Devers. 
So I'll take that. What's up? Hey, heck of a morning. What's going on? Not much. Uh, so Ngannou seems like uh, he's playing a little play out of Mike Jones's book. He said, back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot. Hoes all on me. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is – I know that like, the UFC is the brand, and they will move on like always, but like – you got to admit, right now it's for the heavyweight division. This is huge. But I didn't think Nganu was a man of integrity like that. He just stepped away, and I think at the moment he holds the cards for this division. Because you got to think, John Jones has a DC's fought since the last time uh, John Jones has fought. So, you know, what is this division going? Where's his heading? I don't know, but. I can't wait for this interview at 1 o'clock. I think Helwani is crushing 2023 right now. I'm having fun. I am having fun, too. It's an honor to work on the same team as that, man. That is for sure. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. I talked to Ariel a little bit earlier today, and you want to know what the first thing he said to me was? Hey, man, I hope me – this is the kind of guy Helwani is. He texted me. We're having a little chat about something else. And then he texted me out of the blue and said, hey, man, I hope me doing a Tuesday show doesn't affect yours. That's the kind of guy he is. And I was like, nah, man, we're good. We're going to do this anyways, and we're going to remind people that yours is happening. It's the kind of guy Helwani is. He was more concerned about whether or not this show would go down than the actual interview the massive interview he's about to do just tells you everything you need to know about the guy. I will still whoop his ass on in, in the world of darts. I'm going to show GC a little something, something on Saturday for the watch party, but uh, just shows you the kind of guy he is. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I love the quote. <laughs> I love the, I love the lyrics. Well done. He's a hot commodity right now. He put himself in a good position. That's for sure. And the UFC will be just fine. And the heavyweight division, even without Francis, is fun as hell. I mean, it's the most fun heavyweight's been in a long time. Even with Francis being out of the, out of the equation. You got Jones, which is huge. Gon is just getting better. So even if he loses to John, like, it's not the end for him. He's still evolving. He hasn't been doing this that long. So he's only going to continue to improve. Then you got Blades. Big question, like, will he get his chance? Sergey Pavlovich is an absolute madman. Like, it's a fun division. And then you got, like, the Romanovs and other guys coming up as well. Jelton Almeida, who's kind of a tweener right now, but I think he'll probably end up sticking around at heavyweight. I mean, it's, it's still a fun division. Would it be better having Francis there to kind of be the man leading the reins? Sure, but he ain't. And the UFC will move on, and Francis will move on, and who knows? Maybe, like I said, maybe their paths will cross again. But for now, they, they shall not. Jstad, hello. Good. Well, everybody was talking about maybe Francis versus Tyson Fury, but I got another one 
he I mean he's still gonna lose this fight, but how about Francis versus Deontay Wilder? How many pay per view buys do you think that does? And that that'd be all for my question. I mean, it's tough to say. Like the Fury one would have been interesting had they pulled the trigger on that right away. Like if Fury had retired and was like Eh, I'm just going to do ex- exhibition fights. I'm going to take the Floyd Mayweather route. If they just turned around in the UFC, they came to terms with the UFC and they, they allowed him to fight to box Tyson, would have been massive. It would have been massive. I don't know how much it does. Like, I don't think a hip fight between him and Tyson Fury happens anytime soon. I think we, we will, we're living in a world where it does eventually, but Tyson will be like done, done from boxing. Like, he'll just do the the fun, weird fights. The exhibition fights where he just makes a ton of money to just go out there and have exhibition fights that don't truly matter at the end of the day. So I think we'll get to that world, but it doesn't seem like Tyson's anywhere near there at this point. So, yeah, it's a long way away. Maybe they do Wilder. Who knows? If, if I'm Wilder, I'm, I'm planting some seeds. That's for damn sure some sort of exhibition fight, fun rules thing. But there's definitely opportunities. Like even just the weird, like misfits boxing type things, like just having Francis there fighting anybody, doesn't matter. Have him fight Salt Poppy for God's sakes and people will buy it. I know that doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm trying to say. He'll be fine. The UFC will be fine. Everybody will be fine. This will turn out to be a good thing for both promotions. It's all good. George, hello. A heck of a morning because you and your space, this great space, are reminding me that he's gone. Francis is gone. I wanted to keep him. But the show must go on. And that brings me to my question for you for the live space. I don't think that dream fight, that fantasy fight, Francis versus John Jones was ever going to happen. Why? Because it would have required the UFC to pay them both. The UFC was never going to pay both of them. It was one or the other, not both. So my question for you and the space, you can keep Francis and Ganu or you can bring back John Jones. You can't have, you know, you can't have both. So, I mean, did we really lose Francis or did we gain uh, John Jones or vice versa? I, I'm looking forward to John Jones, but I really wanted to keep Francis and Ganu. Why? Because so much of his legacy is still yet to be to be built in the UFC. John, uh, John Jones already built an incredible legacy. He's arguably number one or number two all time. And I'm not that intrigued by some guy coming back off a three-year layoff. What can he do at, at heavyweight? But I don't think they were ever going to sign them both because oh look all the stuff that dana used to say about john jones three years ago now he's saying about francis to you know to to smear him to knock him down oh he he wants easy fights and he doesn't really want to fight doesn't want to be here same stuff he was saying about john jones three years ago just stuff that dana says to not pay someone what they think they're worth fair market value because i laugh when dana said um Oh, we, we offered him more than, um, who, who's the guy, uh, Lesnar. Yeah, what some guy was making in 2011, before the ESPN deal, before the DraftKings deal, 
when UFC was making one third, when Zufa was making one third the revenue that it's making now. So to say that they're offering him one dollar more than somebody was making in 2011, that to me is laughable. But what I want to know from Francis, and I hope he says this today, what does he want though? What does he really want? Yes, he wants respect, but I'm a lawyer. How do I put respect in a contract? Be more specific. I hope he's more specific. Do you want a one fight deal? One fight deals only. Do you want the freedom to box at least once a year? Do you want health insurance for you and the rest of the UFC roster? Like, he just keeps saying, oh, respect, respect. But what does that mean? How do I put that into a contract? So I, I hope today on our real show we find out. And I will leave you with this one. Um, if I were Dana, if I were the UFC, okay, we got to move on. The money we saved by not signing Francis Ngannou I would immediately start building a PI in Africa. Let's find the next Francis Ngannou. That's why I loved, I wanted to keep Francis Ngannou. I love his narrative. I, I want to grow the sport on an international level. It's a shame we never got the, the, the John Jones, Francis Ngannou fight. It's a shame we never got to see Francis defend his belt in Africa. That those are to, Those to me mean more than the UFC's bottom line. Those two fights, those two events that never, that we're never going to see it's a sad day, but I also wanted to ask when Dana said, Oh, we're, we're not, we, we have waived uh, the right to match any offers. I want to know why no one asked him, but why, why would you, why would you give away such a valuable right? So either they gave it away for nothing and for no reason, because wait and see what he gets from Bellator or PFL. And then you have 24, 48 hours to match. Maybe Bellator, fumbles the bag, fumbles the ball again, and you can easily match the same way the PFL matched the Kayla Harrison offer. Because I want to keep Francis Ngannou. Let's see. Maybe he goes out there and he doesn't like the, the PFL offer. And you can match, and he comes back to the UFC where he belongs all, you know, where he, he, he should be, where he should retire. So it, it's a sad day. It's a sad week. I'm not even – it's so – it's such a big loss. I'm not even that jazzed about the, the surreal gone John Jones fight. So – Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Well, the reason they didn't match is because, like, they got to move on. Like, we've been working on this for a year. And, I mean, they, they literally met, had dinners, had offers, all of it. And eventually it gets to the point where if a guy who says no to everything you guys have worked on for the last year, like, you just got to move on. Like, matching all that stuff, no. Like, they had no main events. They had nothing for March 4th. Nothing. John Jones needed to fight somebody. John Jones is fighting March 4th, whether Francis could go or not. And they, had, they made a decision. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to strip him. Because if they strip him of the belt, he's gone. Like, the champion's clause is over. He is an unrestricted free agent anyways. So, Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he, I'm pretty sure he's like an outright free agent come January 20th anyways because of that clause and everything. So, yeah, they just cut ties a week earlier. It's not a big deal. They had to get something going. They had to sell tickets to that event. And they just made the decision to just say, fuck it, we're done. And that's, it's, that's good. That's fine. It's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. So, I mean, 
Francis is going to be happier outside of the UFC. The UFC will move on. John Jones is back. Like it's it's big news and this it's it's good for everybody. My biggest issue with all of this is just how it was handled from a promotional aspect. It was just that press conference is just a joke. <laughs> like, come on. Nobody believes that Francis is afraid to fight John Jones. No one believes that Francis left because he wants more money for lesser competition. No one believes that. So why say it? Like, there's just so many better ways you could say these things. Like, Ariel laid it out perfectly. Look, we tried. We offered him this huge deal. He said no. We had to move on. John Jones is back. He's going to fight Cyril gone. We wish Francis the best. Sorry we couldn't make him happy. But we have to move on. There you go. You just did the same thing without shitting on the dude on the way out. There's ways to handle it. There's, there's other ways to handle it besides painting the narrative that a lot of people apparently believe that he was afraid to fight John. He didn't want the risk. He didn't want to take a risk and fight John Jones, which is hilarious. It's hilarious. Just be better. Come on. Jacob, hello. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, what do you got? Um, yeah, so I think just starting with the, the, the Dana White presser, right? I mean, that was, that was just laughable. Talking about probably the scariest human on earth is scared and ducking. It's just a joke, man. Like, the fact that they have to stoop to that is ridiculous. And I respect Francis for kind of sticking to his guns, right? Like, they're – the way they hold them down in these contracts, it's like they're they're just so tied down. But they're treated like independent contractors with no insurance. Talked about in the aerial interview, right? You may have touched on it earlier, but it's uh. What I'm kind of curious, what I want your thoughts on is like, what should the UFC have done? Like, what? How would you have handled it? You know, because if they let him go do boxing inside the contract, you know, they set the precedent, obviously, right? So I'm kind of curious what you think they should have done. How do you think this ends up playing out, like? long-term in terms of his career, maybe it doesn't matter, right? Francis is getting a little bit older now. I think he's probably in that 35-ish area. So that's also probably why he's kind of feels he has more power. Maybe even younger in his career, maybe he wouldn't have stuck to his guns as much. But, um, you know, if he goes to boxing, I'm, box, I'm just not as excited about it. Like, the idea of him going up against Fury, like, I could – I just don't see that going very well, right? And what does that do to him if he just gets lit up like a Christmas tree in the, in the ring with Fury, right? Um, yeah, I really don't have any idea what's, what's next, but please know uh, BKFC. That guy gets in there with bare knuckles on, he might actually kill somebody. So that's all for me, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if the UFC could have done more. And like I said, I, I don't I, – I, this isn't a money thing. Like from all accounts, the UFC came correct. They came correct. And it just wasn't enough. Wasn't a money thing. Francis didn't care about the con- about the payments or anything like that. He wanted everything. He wanted change. Maybe he'll he'll lay into it a little bit more with Ariel today. And he just felt like it was just the same thing he was getting, but just more money. And that to him, that wasn't enough for him to look at himself in the mirror and say, "This is exactly where I need to be." I mean, why go through everything you went through just to get a couple extra dollars? I mean. Dude gambled on himself, fought Cyril Gone of all people, on one leg and beat him. And then he went through this whole thing for a year. Everything the UFC tried to do to this man 
on the way out back in January a year ago. Everything they tried to do. All the stories that you've heard. Just for him to go back. For just a couple extra dollars. I don't think, I mean, like I've told you on the show and like Ariel told you on his, it seemed like things were heading in the right direction. Eric Nixick talked about it yesterday as well. It seemed like things were heading in the right direction, but in the end, Francis has to be able to look himself in the mirror and be happy. And it doesn't seem like that's, that would have happened if he stuck around with the UFC. And that's okay. That's okay. Just don't bury the man on the way out. This would have been fine. Like, this would have been a story. It would have been more like what's next for Francis if it was just handled like any other promoter would have handled it. I just don't understand this whole thing where you just have to, like, light a man on fire before you throw him outside. Like, I I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can I say? And I think that press conference just cemented Francis making the right decision for himself. Adi, hello, real quick. What do you got? Uh, did you solve my riddle? I did not. I, no, I didn't. Sorry. Well, you know, I can just give you the match or, you know, you can solve it. But uh, before yeah, give me I... the match. Give me the match. Uh, it is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus uh, Lee Jingliang. Oh, I like it. Good fight. That is a good fight. I think Jing Liang deserves some deserves a, an opponent who has a name value after the way he got screwed. And while Wonderboy delivered one of his career best performances, he still needs to build up. So I think Wonderboy versus the Leech would be an amazing fight. And there's another thing, there's another point that not a lot of people mentioned. And tell me if I'm wrong about it. Uh, the UFC needs ESPN more than the ESPN needs the UFC. Am I wrong for saying that? Because I feel like just because the ESPN, ESPN has showered uh, UFC with the money, they, they do lackadaisical matchmaking. I mean, they have made good matchups. There are amazing matchups. Look, look at Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Vera. But at the end of the day, it's still happening in the apex. Had... Had it been on a case-by-case basis with ESPN, I think it would have been in front of a crowd. So those are my thoughts. So, And one more thing before I would like to finish. Uh, I just want to share something about uh, you know, my admiration for Trevor Whitman. The last year has been a really bad one for Trevor Whitman and his team. Do you think everyone can bounce back? And do you think Rose has reached a point in her career where she has all the physical gifts, she has all the technique, but mentally she's just not there? I mean, what it would be amazing if you could get a written statement from Trevor Whitman. I mean, I know that he doesn't do interviews, but it would be amazing if we could hear from him, you know. He's such an amazing coach. It's just that, you know, we are, no, there's no one to pick his brains and I feel like you can pick his brains really well if you know what I mean that's it from me uh, thank you can Trevor Whitman bounce back yes of course he can he's a tremendous coach um, maybe we'll hear from him in London maybe we'll hear from him in London because I'm sure he'll be there with Camaro and he'll be there with Justin Gaethje 
So once in a while, we get the, uh, the coaches up there for media day stuff to, to talk about upcoming fights. So who knows? I mean, look, it, it, this is MMA. Fights happen. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. More oftentimes, Whitman, fighter win. Whit- Whitman fighters win. Um, but sometimes they don't. And, you know, we've, I think we've seen every gym at some point go through ups and downs. I mean, look at, uh, look at Henzo or look at the, the Gracie gym in Philly. I mean, these guys were riding high. I think they were like nine and oh, 10 and oh. Then Sabatini loses and then Sean Brady loses and both get finished and, oh no, they're done. It was a flash in the pan. Like it, it happens all the time. Then they bounce back. We've seen it with extreme couture. We've seen it with AKA seen it with ATT. We've seen it with everybody. So, yeah, I think they'll bounce back. And, you know, if Usman and Gaethje both win, that'll be one of the narratives that come out of the London card. Oh, looks Trevor Whitman's back. And with Rose, I don't know. I mean, Rose has always had sort of mental issues um, when it comes to the fight game and overthinking things. I mean, she's been very open and honest about the fight game and how she was when she was champion the first time. She wasn't ready for it. It, it killed her. It crushed her. She wasn't prepared. It took a lot out of her. And then she learned a lot of lessons uh, along the way. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'll t- we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll keep on going. Um, go to Riley. Riley, hello. You there? All right. Don't hear anything. Let's go to Patrick. And we'll go to Jay, and then we'll go to the real facty facts, and then, we have, and then we'll get out of here. Hello. Patrick, what's up? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. So I'm just trying to be quick. I have a couple questions, but I'll be quick with it. So out of potential places Francis can go, what opponent excites you the most? Is it Bader? Is it Fedor? Is it Arnold Al- uh, uh, Arnold Adams? Is it um, Wilder Fury? What excites you the most personally? Uh, thanks, man. I, I don't I don't know, man. I just want to see him fight. Like it's we, we've been at him for a year, and sometimes to me it just doesn't matter. Like him and Bader is I don't know. Bader could be tough to watch, honestly. Um, but still like just having Francis there is just such a big deal. Um, Francis versus anybody makes me excited. And then who knows, maybe over the next couple of years, we, you go into free agency and you bring some guys over. I mean, there's not a ton for him to do in PFL either. Like, I don't know how excited I am to watch Nganu versus Delijah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But just, I just want to see him somewhere where he's happy and he's fighting and making money and enjoying his life. And no matter where that is or who he's fighting in order to do that, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm hopeful for. Him and Fedor would be kind of interesting, though, just namesake-wise. Uh, Jay, hello. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty shocked about 
all the polls I've seen on Twitter and YouTube about how many people are picking Jones over Gon. And the only reason why is because um, when you look back at Francis versus Gon, people forget that uh, Gon weighed at 265 and Cyril weighed around 247. So during fight day, Nagano most likely had like 20 pounds of muscle over Cyril Gon, which is the reason why he was able to hold him down so easily during the whole fight, even on one leg. And I think the opposite is going to be with Jones and uh, Gon, because when you look at Jones's physique, he did get bigger, but he's still relatively the same when it comes to his arms and legs. Like they're pretty smaller compared to the other heavyweights. And so I think, People are kind of sleeping on Gon when it comes to wrestling. Because, sure, he doesn't have the same wrestling background as Jones. But I think if he takes him down, he can easily get back up due to his weight. And also, people need to rewatch Jones versus uh, Reyes and Santos because he was struggling really hard to get those takedowns on them, too. So, that's it. Have a heck of a morning, Mike. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I get. I see where you're coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with you. I think this is a really tough matchup for, for Cyril. And I think if John gets him down, it's going to be a really rough night for Cyril Gunn. But you just got to make sure he doesn't get taken down. I mean, it's easier said than done. But Francis on one leg, and I understand the weight discrepancy, but John Jones could be 230 in there, and he'll be able to hold Cyril Gunn down. It doesn't matter. Um, we'll see what happens. John is a John also is like I got a point to prove kind of fighter where if you think he can't do something as well as his opponent he's just going to tailor make a a game game plan around that. So it's an interesting matchup sure if they're on the feet it's anybody's ball game. I think Ciro probably has a little bit of an advantage with his quickness and some of the things. And, and one other thing that we kind of keep forgetting about is like the last time we saw John Jones try to put on some extra size, some extra muscle, really lifting heavy, heading into a fight, it was the, OS, it was the OSP fight. And he didn't, look, he didn't look great in that fight. He won, but he did not look great. So, but again, it's been, by the time he gets in the cage, it'll be 37 months since we've last seen him. So who knows what's going on behind the scenes? He's working with his, a lot of his normal coaches. He's working with Henry Cejudo. And Henry's a great coach. Like, Henry is a tremendous mind. He's a horrible retirer, but he is an incredible mind. Just look at some of the look – at, look at what he's done for some of the fighters he's worked with, the adjustments they were able to make. Zhang Wei Li, Davis and Figueredo, amongst – Many others. Yuri Prohashka, another example for the Glover fight. I mean, John's doing all the right things. Oh, they got to get in there and fight. But I, I, I do think, I do think if John could get takedowns and get them early, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a horrible night for Cyril Gunn. But I'm sure Cyril will be ready. Uh, real facty facts. Take us home. Uh, uh, just real quick, I just uh, I think it's a little crazy. Maybe I'm the stupid one. Uh, everyone has this newfound faith in John Jones, uh, and I'm just thinking if if John Jones was down bad after the Hall of Fame, imagine John Jones celebrating a winning streak. And uh, my question is, was the highest uh, paid heavyweight eight deal fight uh, eight, eight deal contract uh, a mistake at this point? Or are they putting too much faith in somebody who's not even going to make it through those eight fights? 
That's it. Thank you. That is a great question. Um, I would, I would tell, I mean, I, I'm not a, a manager or an agent or anything, but I mean, the first thing I would tell pretty much any fighter is don't you ever sign an A fight contract? Cause that's just insanity. Why would you put yourself out there like that? Uh, when they could cut you at any time, but you can't go anywhere yourself. Uh, and AK knows this. AK knows this because I talk about it all the time. I'm still at a seven in my confidence level that John Jones fights March 5th. Uh, March 4th, excuse me. Just because we've been fooled a million times. Like how many times can we buy in and get excited before something happens that lets us down? Seven's still pretty confident when it comes to John. He's on a billboard. Fight's been announced. Signed a new deal. That's all well and good but he's got to make it to the cage. And I have concerns. I do have concerns. That's why I'm not, I mean, it's cool seeing it on paper. It's cool to talk about, but I'm with you, man. There's, there's a part of me that a little trepidatious about it all until he makes that walk until Bruce Buffer announces him. There's still going to be a piece of me. That's like, is he actually going to show up? Is he actually going to, Get in there and fight. Is he going to do something crazy? Is, is he going to pop? Is he going to get arrested? Like, I'm not trying to put bad juju out into the universe, but these are things that have happened already multiple times. So the concern is there. That's a great point. But I'm trying to be, a, I'm trying to be more optimistic in 2023. So I'll say he makes it. But I completely understand anybody who is concerned that that's a long eight fights. <laughs> that's, that's a lot to ask for from a guy like John Jones. All right. We are done. I got to get out of here. I appreciate it. Don't forget, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're a little over 90 minutes away from the live audience here. Ariel Hawani, Francis Ngannou, special Tuesday edition of the MMA Hour. And you can hear what actually happened from the Francis Ngannou side of things. And I cannot wait. Maybe he has some, some nuggets to announce. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, it's going to be some fascinating listening and watching. That is for sure. 1 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. Special Tuesday edition of the MA Hour with Ariel and Francis Ngannou. The biggest interview in MMA right now. And it's going down in a little while. So thank you. We'll be back here on Thursday. We'll do it again, 10 a.m. Eastern. And we'll react to all of this craziness that is going on. And we'll react to what happens in this interview between Ariel and Francis. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of the day. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. 
You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 